630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Oh, games on New Year's Eve, not kind to the Edmonton Oilers, even if they're played in the afternoon of New Year's Eve. The Oilers falling 6-5 in overtime to the New Jersey Devils on December 31st in their National Hockey League history. The Edmonton Oilers are now 3-13-5. and 3-13-5 in 21 games on December 31st. The Oilers fought back throughout the afternoon. They were down 1-0, 2-1, 3-2, 4-3, tied at 4-4, went ahead 5-4, but then the Devils get the goal in the final minute of regulation. Jack Hughes wins it in overtime. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Roller coaster game. You know, we thought we started well and take a penalty and boom, it's in our net. Get us get one right back and give one back again. And then between a so-called challenge, it wasn't a challenge. And I, mean, I think four of the six goals against us were at some point deflected and bounced the right direction and you know one one bounces the right direction and he bounces off Schmidt going back in two of the other ones were the tying goal were try to get in a lane goes up a stick and goes in I mean it, it's uh, one of those games a lot of bounces going the other way we just got to stick with it we got we had some guys play very well tonight and some guys put in real good efforts we got to stay with that and go in at it tomorrow night the same way now, also today, not good news for the Oilers. I guess we'll see what happens. Ryan Nugent Hopkins did not finish the game, and the Oilers are right back at it tomorrow against the New York Islanders once again. Dave Tibbet. Uh, it was midway through the third period. He just uh, mentioned the TD. He was, he was having an issue and then uh, left the bench and didn't come back. So the Oilers record now 18-12-1 on the season. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Reed Wilkins with you. Hey, New Year's Eve. Uh, We're going to have some fun tonight. We will uh, look back on some of our best interviews for the entire year. We got some fun interviews. We have some uh, emotional interviews, some great storytelling we've had on the show. So we'll recap some of our top interviews of 2021. And, uh, of course, I'll remind you that the Oilers play the Islanders tomorrow, 10-30 for the face-off show here on 630 Ched. The game is going to start at noon chris king is the play-by-play voice of the new york islanders and uh, a weird year for them they started it off with 13 consecutive road games yeah that was uh you know that was uh, a necessary evil if you will because their new building their beautiful new arena ubs arena at belmont park was not quite ready at the start of the year they knew that so they had to build in a road trip to get them to the home opener and unfortunately it turned out to be 13 games in a row um the longest road trip in nhl history to start a season and they actually fared pretty well they came home at five six and two so just you know one game under nhl 500 on the trip but it spanned five weeks and there were stretches when it seemed like they were playing all the time and then there were stretches where you know they had one game in 10 days so it wasn't like they were away from home for five straight weeks they had plenty of time to come home and see their family i believe there was one five-day break a four-day break and and three three-day breaks so um that was the good news the bad news was once they got home it was almost like a perfect storm read where the covid thing slammed them as did injuries and suddenly they went into just a, a total tailspin that kind of began at the end of the continued into the first several games in the new building it became an eight game losing streak all those in regulation and then an 11 game winless streak before they finally put an end to it and since then they've they've they have turned the corner a bit although they're still battling covid and injuries uh, with six players out as of last night chris king calls the games for the new york islanders on the good old radio okay yeah new year's eve some best of the year a really Great story about uh, a local broadcaster when we get back to Inside Sports.
Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us here on New Year's Eve on Inside Sports. We're looking back on some of our best interviews, our best segments, our most dynamic stories from 2021. And we had an emotional one back in the summer. You know, I was uh, at the Edmonton Elks home opener and I heard a very familiar voice on the PA. And that was the voice of Corey Graham, who was the uh, longtime play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Oil Kings. He was calling the games when they won the Memorial Cup a few years ago. And then uh, you may have heard he was uh, off the air for a while, and he had some uh, pretty serious health struggles, and he shared those with me. Yeah, it's obviously not my favorite story, but, you know, it's something that I've been dealing with for the last few years and kind of started, I really started noticing it probably 2015 or so, you know, being on the road trips with the Oil Kings, just not not feeling comfortable, not feeling good riding the bus, not feeling good in the hotel beds and stuff like that, just never could get comfortable. And I, I saw a few doctors and did some physio at different places, and it just never really seemed to improve. And it kind of just um, kind of went backwards for me a lot. And, you know, I kind of just... Uh, Part of me thought I was getting old and I slept wrong sometimes or whatever it was. And it ended up being a, a pretty significant tumor in my spine. Um, and, uh, you know, I had surgery in 2018, a couple, gosh, 10-hour surgeries on it. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say I was surprised with the way things went. Obviously, I, I knew something was wrong. I could just never get the right diagnosis and um, finally did and finally had the surgery. And it's it's been a, a challenge since then. You know, I spend the majority of my time in a wheelchair right now. I'm still working towards getting out of that. And um, it's been progressing, but, but man, it's, it's, it's slow. Uh, you know, it, it was it's mentally, it's been really tough. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's... Um, it's not something I ever thought I'd have to deal with, but it definitely changes your kind of outlook on everything. Um, I have been really appreciative to everybody. It's, there's so many kind words and so much support has been amazing. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of every day sort of battling to get back and, you know, having these small opportunities has been great along the way and kind of looking forward to the next step here now. Well, then thank you for telling that story and, and thank you for up- updating everybody, because I do think it's important to hear that and that you're, being very brave and very tough and i know you have you know a lot of people supporting in in your life but uh you know you're showing a, a, a lot of strength through all this as well and i wasn't sure because mm-hmm. like a lot of people in the world right now we haven't actually seen each other for a while <laughs> so i wasn't sure if how to what extent your mobility was effective so you so you do have mobility but but you're in the chair quite a bit eh yeah, for the most part, I am like in the last, gosh, since about November of last year, I've gotten some leg braces now and I'm up and around a little bit more on those with a walker and stuff like that. So that's really been encouraging. And, um, you know, to be honest, when I went to Commonwealth Stadium and they, they installed a ramp in the press box, and man, it was really emotional for what they did because, you know, if, if, if anybody's ever been in there, there's three or four steps down to the main level and where I had to go and I'll be honest, I was kind of concerned about how I was going to handle that, you know, just because you, you park so far away, there's a lot of hills. It would have been a... I could have done it, but it would have been pretty tough for me to get up there. But to, to install a, a ramp, which I mean, I almost broke down when I saw it. It was uh, such a nice gesture by them. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's coming, man. It's slow. Uh, and I'll be honest, I went to Johnny Bright Field. So I'm going to be doing some stuff with the Edmonton Huskies this year as well. And I, you know, strapped on the braces and climbed all the stairs to the top. So that was really kind of an unbelievable feeling for me. It's been a long time since I've been able to to get up to a press box. So you know, those kind of little things have been. I've been really encouraging and, you know, there's lots of days where, man, I don't feel like it, it's ever going to come around, but then there's things like that where it does. So it is coming, but it's, um, yeah, it's, you know, every day is kind of a battle. 
Yeah. Well, again, thanks for sharing that. And like, I really mean that. I was so happy to hear your voice on the PA. And um, I mean, you and I have, I mean, like a lot of people in the business, we have some similarities to our career and we, Uh you, you go into the world of sports kind of not knowing where it's going to take you. You just know you like sports and you like telling stories. That's what it was for me, right? So I've, I've, yeah. been, I've been pretty lucky. And I think you were, I think you were, because I graduated Nate in 99, and then I think you were in a group a couple years after me. Yeah. I Maybe was I'm old older four, than yeah. I think. <laughs> okay. No, I started late. I started late. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't go to Nate till, how old was I? I think I was 24. Okay. So I didn't go right out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. So t- tell everybody. So you so you go so you graduate Nate in '04, and then eventually we heard you doing Oil Kings games. But what was the path between Nate and doing WHL? Yeah, basically I, I went over to um, was team back in the day at that point, right out of Nate to do a production practicum and you know work on radio commercials and stuff like that. And they ended up kind of shuffling me over to work with this guy named Bob Stoffer. I think you might know a little bit. Um, <laughs> Spent, uh, gosh, what's that, four or five years working with Stoff? And, and he, I mean, he taught me the ins and outs of the business. And, um, you know, he treated me so well when I when I worked for him. And it was a great experience. And I, I honestly thought that sports would be something kind of down the road for me. I thought I'd, you know, start doing some other things in radio as a young kid. I thought I was hip and knew all the music and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, Bob kind of took me under his wing at a time when he was kind of starting out with his show and everything was new for me. And, and you know, kind of went from there. And, you know, I always wanted to do play-by-play, and he, uh, when he moved on to the Oilers, he was doing the Alberta Golden Bears hockey and football at the time, and he gave me that opportunity to take over for him and did a couple of years of Bears football and hockey and, and just loved it. And then when the Oil Kings opportunity opened up, I you know, aggressively went after it. Cause I, I, read, I was at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Swift Current and Palm Bronco games. That's, that's the next step. And then things kind of opened up in Edmonton and a little bit of right place, right time for me. But, uh, you know, it was the best time in my professional career doing that for 10 years and, you know, two trips to Memorial Cup and some lifelong friends with that organization. And, um, you know, I'm, it's unfortunate the way things kind of end in this business at times, but that's that's business. That's not a big deal. I just I'm really proud of what I got to do there, and I'm just looking forward out of the next challenge. And and like I said, when I had the opportunity to jump on with the Elks here, I just I was over the moon. I want to flash back to those Oil Kings uh, glory years, I guess we can call them, and. The, the last two years have been pretty glorious. They just didn't get to have any playoffs to, <laughs> to, to try and match what the teams you were covering did. But what was it? Uh, three straight years in the Western Hockey League final against Portland. You know, thrilling series three years in a row. Two visits to the Memorial Cup in uh, a championship. I mean, junior hockey is so cyclical, but mm-hmm. not all the teams at the top of the cycle are able to do what the Oil Kings did. What what separated those clubs in your mind? I mean, you were around the coaches and the players as much as anybody and got that, that sense of the inside and what was really clicking. Yeah, and it's amazing. You look at that team or those teams, and absolutely they had some talented players, but, I mean, they're, they're, we're not talking about, you know, Matthew Barzell's or anything like that. They're starting the National Hockey League. Like, I, I, and I'm sure, Reed, you probably felt the same way from watching that team that a lot of those guys would have gone on to have, you know, more success at the next level, and they just, for whatever reason, I mean, a couple of them obviously have become mainstays at, at different places, and Mark Pesic and, and Curtis Lazar jump out, and the goaltenders, obviously, with Baswa and Jari, but they didn't really have that, that necessarily that elite superstar that was going to graduate to the NHL. They just, they were such a tight-knit team, and I, it's kind of cliche, I think, to talk about how tight a group is, but 
you know, I've been around teams that, that work tight. I've been around teams that were losing and, and saw the infighting. I mean, I've been around staffs that were tight. I've been around staffs that didn't seem eye to eye at different times. And, um, it, it, you know, I think culture is something that's thrown around a lot and probably too much. But when I think when you're on the inside and you really see what a good culture can do for a team, it's amazing. Like it's, it's just amazing. Like I, I, I mean, some of those guys now. I mean, they're all gosh, they're mid to late twenties. Uh, a lot of them, and you know, I still talk to them every now and then. Or whenever one comes through town with a different team, you know, it's always a message here or there. And you know, when I was going through my my situation with the hospital stays and stuff like that, I had so many messages from former players and. You know, even like guys that I thought, okay, you know, I'm their radio guy and their kids and whatever. It's kind of, you know, two ships passing in the night. But they, um, you know, you, you really realize how much of an impact you, that people have in your life and their life. And, and um, yeah, I, just, I really got a sense of just how close that team was. And, I mean, the year they won in 2014, you look at, you know, I'm not going to go through all the history, but they, they seem to do everything the absolute hardest way. They get down 2 nothing to Portland in the final series. They get down 2 nothing in game three at home, like four minutes in. And you think it's curtains, it's over. And they find a way to persevere. And it just, you know, they had the, the passing of Christian Pelch, which was so unfortunate. And just so many things happened to that team. And they just, they found a way. And it was just, again, like, I was so lucky to be there. You know, like, I didn't do anything to, to earn a ring or anything like that. I was along for the ride. But they made me feel like I was part of the organization and part of the team. It's just, I mean, those are memories that I'm going to have for a lifetime. Great story. I, I love the memories. Those, those were awesome teams to cover. And... A few of those players, I still get to interview occasionally. Curtis yeah. Lazar is usually on the show once a year, sometimes twice a year. I always call them the smiling assassin because you meet him away from the rink. He's like the friendliest guy ever. And then you see him play, and it's like this guy would throw his grandma into the seventh row to oh. get the puck. <laughs> yeah, I, he was just unbelievable as a player in, in that league. Like I remember when he came up as a 15-year-old, uh, against Red Deer, and this is like the Ryan Nugent Hopkins led Red Deer Rebels at the time. And um, in the first round of the playoffs, he's 15, he goes into the corner with Colin Archer. I don't know if you remember him, Reed, but he was a, a 20 year old defenseman for Red Deer, kind of one of the tougher guys in the league at that time. And Archer ran over Lazar, he popped up, a huge smile on his face. The puck comes around to the other side of the corner. And Curtis just put his head down and buried Archer. It was like, it, it, it didn't, I mean, I think the Oil Kings were down 2 nothing already in that series, and it was not going to go their way. You could tell they weren't ready to, to, to face a team like that. But just the inspiration, I think, that for the next kind of level, like that was just as they were turning the corner to become what they were the next couple of years. And I, I just, that always sticks out of my mind. Like the, the, the sideline of the press box to see his smile after he got buried, and then just him running him over later in that shift and being like, man, this kid is what all the hype is about for sure yeah that's uh, that's that's yeah and that's true sometimes the uh the most competitive players also enjoy being hit they, they get yeah. this weird uh motivation out of it <laughs> yeah absolutely that's... i mean we've all watched games everybody's listening they've watched games where a guy gets hit and that guy's out of the game you know like he's not the same player the rest of the night you know you can get to him but the, the special ones are the ones that seem to, to enjoy it. To, to they become better when they play in a physical game like that. And I think it just kind of, I think that rubs off a lot of your teammates too. And then when you go into those series against Portland for three years in a row, and I mean, yeah, all those guys are buddies off the ice nowadays. But man, you could definitely tell there was such a rivalry between those two groups of players. And 
I mean, I could sit here for hours telling stories about what it was like, you know, flying on a plane back and forth between the two cities and, you know, you know, after they lost game six in 2014 in overtime and it, it felt like, again, that the series is over going back to Portland for game seven. But, um, yeah, just, just so many great, great memories. And, yeah, players like that are, are the ones that really kind of stick in your mind. Well, that's one of the good guys, and we wish Corey all the best here coming up in 2021. Okay, we're taking you through to midnight. What are we at now? A little over uh, five and a half hours away from the calendar flipping. More of our best of the year here on Inside Sports on 630 Chet. 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chet.